<laughs> Welcome, everyone. Wow. To the Bible Revival Podcast. <laughs> the last trumpet. Paul can make the sound of a trumpet, and he th- really thinks it's one of his, like... Spiritual gifts. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, coolest hidden talents. Um, not yeah. very hidden, because he does a lot. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and one day there will be the last trumpet. All we right. want to get started. <laughs> Hard yep. transition. Here we go. We're leaving this in here. Ezekiel 36. The prophet Ezekiel prophesies under the old covenant about the new covenant that God made with us through Jesus Christ. And he says these powerful words in verse 26 and 27 of Ezekiel 36. God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from you and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. I love the language of this because it speaks to the born again experience that we have that Jesus explained to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that God has to remove the heart of stone from us. He has to remove the the hard places, the guarded places, even the broken places that become stony because of sin, because of self-protection. And he's promised that he will put a new spirit and a new heart within us. And Taylor, I know you and I are born again. We've experienced this great exchange that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit, where Mm -hmm. you begin living under the blood of Jesus in the new covenant. And God really does this. The word of God is true. Um, When I teach about being born again, I often say that how you know you're born again is that you love things you used to hate. Yeah. And you hate things you used to love. Yeah, I can think of a lot of movies, a lot of music, a lot of people mm-hmm. that I used to hate that I now love. Yep. I can think of a lot of things that I used to love and gravitate towards and spend time and energy on that I now hate. I loathe mm-hmm. them because God has put his will and his heart inside of mine. Mm-hmm. And when I began to learn that I could grieve the Holy Spirit, that I could do things that were displeasing to God, that I could quench his life and his presence or my awareness of his presence. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to make some shifts. And so we wanted to share a little bit with you guys today just about some more of our journey of um, God taking out a heart of stone, putting in a heart of flesh. And as always, we feel that the point on the end of the spear for this podcast is vulnerability. So we're always talking, praying, and thinking about stories we could share or experiences that we've had um, that might be a benefit. Uh, I know that sometimes leaders are put on a pedestal and everyone else is made to feel like a failure because your life's not perfect. Um, If you're a part of our father's house or you're a friend, you know that's not how we live. That's not how we lead. Mm -hmm. Um, The scripture actually teaches us to boast in our weakness and to glory in our failures. Why? Because that's where the power of God and the grace of God comes in to rest upon us. And it's how the Lord keeps us humble. So, Mm -hmm. Tay, when you hear this passage about a new heart and a new spirit and 
God removing a heart of stone and um, causing you to walk in his ways? What comes to your mind? Yeah, I mean, I think I just think about who I would be without the Lord. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I would not be a good person. I'm totally sure of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just... I was so, so fortunate to grow up in a Christian home and grow up knowing Jesus, but I still am able to see what my sinful tendencies and propensities were that I would have fallen into. And um, even though my parents were able to keep me from a lot of those, I like can't even imagine yeah. who I would be without um, being discipled and growing up in the fear of the Lord and knowing him. Uh, for myself and him really taking my heart of stone and turning it into a heart of flesh. And just as you were talking before, I think I wanted to give permission to those of you who are listening to grow in your convictions. Because as you were saying, like, as I grow, I love things I used to hate and hate things I used to love or along those lines and just encouraging you that like as you grow in the lord those things will grow and change and like that is okay and if something um feels like it's grieving the holy spirit now that didn't grieve the holy spirit a year ago like that's actually a good sign you're growing with the lord your sensitivity to the holy spirit is growing and if you were doing something a year ago that you feel like you like was wrong or whatever If it affected other people, like, just repent. Repent to them and move forward. Like, um, are we just have to remain humble and know that, like, we don't have it all figured out and we're not going to walk out this Christian journey perfectly. But if we have humility to just say, like, hey, um, what I did or what I was doing, like, I actually don't think that was pleasing the father and i'm sorry for that or at the very least if it was just between you and the lord repenting to him and moving forward we don't have to go into shame we don't have to go into self-hatred we don't have to punish ourselves we just have to repent accept his forgiveness and keep walking with him so what i hear you saying is that this is less of a transaction and more of a relationship and that really this isn't necessarily something that happens instantaneously although Mm -hmm. of course there are powerful moments Um, even initially many people can point to a born-again experience Mm -hmm. a a moment where they were all of a sudden made aware of spiritual things or the presence of god or etc um but you're speaking to the process to the journey um and you're right. We, we turn salvation into an event, mm-hmm. but biblically salvation is the process from start to finish of I have been saved, I am saved, and I'm being saved. Mm-hmm. I'm being delivered. I'm, I'm healed and I'm being healed. I've been mm-hmm. healed. It, it's the journey. And, um, you know, we don't beat ourselves up. Uh, we don't um, punish ourselves into purity. Yeah. You, know, you can't hate yourself into holiness. Mm-hmm. All those tactics that we try to use, right? When you feel the pain of that stony heart, right? You do well. You're growing. God's moving in your life. You've had powerful encounters. You felt the love of God and then you mess up. Mm-hmm. And then you falter or you give in to an old temptation or, or something. You know, the enemy loves to sweep in 
in those moments. And he just comes in like a flood and whispers all kinds of lies because you're feeling ashamed because mm-hmm. you've sinned. Yeah. And then he just crushes us under mm-hmm. condemnation, tells us all kinds of lies mm-hmm. and accuses us to God. Like I know a lot of people um, who have confessed to me in private that they are constantly struggling with feeling like a fraud. Well, like, man, deep down, I just am mm-hmm. this thing in the back of my mind, like you're a fraud. It's fake. None of mm-hmm. it's real. You've tricked everybody, but you can't trick me. You know, mm-hmm. that that whole sense and feeling is demonic. Yeah. It's, it's powered and fueled by darkness and mm-hmm. by the enemy who wants to capitalize on uh, your sin. But the grace of God wants to raise us up and train us up and grow us up in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this beautiful process of God putting a new heart and a new spirit within us and removing the stony heart and making us, causing us to Mm -hmm. walk in his statutes and his ways is the lifelong journey Mm -hmm. of being conformed to the image of Christ, Mm -hmm. of becoming like God, because it's not just that you get a new heart. The new heart you get is God's heart. Mm -hmm. The, The new spirit you get is his spirit. Yeah. And I think just recognizing like you can't do this on your own. Yes. You know, he takes this heart of stone and turns it into a heart of flesh. We don't do it. The Lord does. Mm-hmm. So right. I just feel strongly that the Lord is wanting to break off shame and over the heart of stone. Yeah. Like he has come to turn it into a heart of flesh, but you don't have to have shame over who you were, what you were doing before you knew Jesus or before you were in relationship with him or before he saved you, like, um, he can use it all, but whatever stays in darkness belongs to the devil. Like whatever stays in darkness is, is still in shame and we have to bring it into the light so the Lord can use it. Right. Shame shame thrives in secrecy. Yes. Yes. So if you have secrets, like you have the power to break shame off of your life by telling someone. There you go. You need to, I mean, I feel this so strongly. Like after this podcast, go tell someone whatever you're keeping in darkness, like you can get free today. Why would you delay another minute? You know, yes, talk to someone you trust, talk to someone who's trustworthy with it, but let's be faithful to get all this stuff out in the light so we can walk in freedom with Jesus and we can walk um, out what he has for us. I mean, something that like, literally makes my heart leap every time it happens at our father's houses we'll have times where it'll just be like let's just get on the microphone and testify about what the lord has brought us out of and every time i mean almost everyone who gets on there is like i was addicted to cocaine i was addicted to meth i was addicted to pornography i was addicted to cigarettes i was addicted to all the you know he freed me from homosexuality he freed me from all these things and it's like you can feel the shame lifting out of the room because of people who aren't on the microphone testifying they're like oh wait what like you guys haven't just been perfect christians forever like the lord delivered you from these things it's like yes he delivers us from our heart of stone and takes us into a heart of flesh but we have to release our shame to him yes that's so good and james 5 16 says confess your sins to one another Mm -hmm. and pray for each other Mm -hmm. that you might be healed so there's a powerful 
a formula there before the Lord, a strategy to break the power of shame and darkness mm-hmm. yes. and walk into the new heart and live a new life through confession of sin, repentance, and prayer mm-hmm. that God um, brings us into his grace and into a, a new spirit mm-hmm. and a new life. And it is so freeing. Yes. I mean, I don't know how many people we've seen with so many secrets. They're so bound up. They've got all these lies that are, are plaguing them. And and the thing they're most terrified of doing, exposing their sin and confessing uh, who they really are, mm-hmm. is becomes the most freeing, the most liberating. Yes. And then after the fact, after they do it, they realize that they were intimidated by the enemy mm-hmm. and put in a prison of fear mm-hmm. to keep them in their shame. Yes. Because that's how the enemy works. Because he's a deceiver. Absolutely. He deceives us into believing how we keep ourselves safe is by keeping secrets when really it's nope. what's keeping us in prison. Absolutely. It, it is bondage 100%. It is, I mean, I, I can't testify enough to the power of a clear conscience, yes. the power of a, just a clean heart. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying perfection, like, man, I got no sin and I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that's pride. For sure. So, but I think the feeling of like, you know what, there's no one that could um, walk into my life mm-hmm. or call me or there's no event There's a, that, that I'm like, oh gosh, I hope that these people never meet or I hope that so-and-so doesn't come out of the woodwork and say mm-hmm. this or that. Because you know what? I've already said it. I've already done it. I've already released it. I've already told on myself. I've turned Mm -hmm. myself in. Mm -hmm. And that's really what what the journey is like. So, Mm -hmm. Tay, what are some things in your life that you think about that you can point to of like, this was a part of the stony heart and this is kind of maybe the direction of my life or where I was headed and Mm -hmm. how the Mm -hmm. Lord put a new spirit and a new desire Mm -hmm. in me? Has anything come to mind? Yeah. Yeah. So I think also recognizing that the stony heart isn't always like outright sin. Yeah. It's just a desire and heart for things other than the Lord. Right. Um, That's good. And so I, when I was a teenager, was pursuing a country music career. I recorded an album when I was like 15, 16 years old. I grew up in Tennessee. I was performing in Nashville like every other weekend. Um you, really just do you perform anywhere big no <laughs> i love to tell people this why don't you ever tell them i performed on a side oh stage. whatever i don't care we've got pictures of you in a beautiful dress with your flowing hair and a microphone and it says cma above you which is country music awards Festival. and whatever cma Festival. i don't know I, I don't even care you were getting in the golf cart after darius rucker i mean <laughs> Okay, anyway, feeling exposed. (laughs) Shame is breaking. Hallelujah. Um, So going after this country music career and where this would have been more of a stony heart was I was pursuing my own desires. I was pursuing my own fame. I was pursuing um, my own name. And when I was in high school, a lot transpired, but I ended up being exposed to... um, like more spirit filled worship mm. and i what do you think is the difference just real fast for anyone listening that's like 
What do you mean by that? Well, it wasn't just leading songs. It wasn't a song list, it and it wasn't a, one, two, three, fourth song. Yeah, it next, was next, and we called it worship. Like helping lead people into the throne room, joining in with what's happening around the throne, worshiping Jesus. Yeah. So um, there's outer court worship and inner court worship. There's worship where we sing about God, then there's mm-hmm. worship where we're really singing to Him, mm-hmm. and we're engaging Him spirit to spirit mm-hmm. in truth, like mm-hmm. Jesus said in John 4. Mm-hmm. Okay. So until that point, I honestly never saw, I didn't, I just didn't even know leading worship, especially for a woman, because of how I grew up, would like right. be a thing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely was like, well, I'm gifted and musically so what i always said was like i'm gonna pursue a country music career but then i'm gonna sing songs about jesus and try and lead people to jesus through my country music career and in a lot of ways i really do think i was doing the best i could with what i knew yeah because i didn't even know like worship music was like a thing um so and in my like later high school years, I felt like the Lord was really leading me to completely lay down the country music career and to just pursue him, mm. him pursue worship ministry. So, I mean, I remember sitting at a local pizza place in the town I grew up in telling my parents, like, I really, <laughs> I really feel like I'm supposed, I'm not supposed to do this anymore. And like my parents had yeah. I mean, driven me all over to all these different gigs, bought me all kinds of outfits, you know, that helped. Oh, thousands and thousands Oh, yeah. Invested. We recorded this album. You yeah. know, I mean, they were all in helping me pursue my dreams. I mean, yeah. just being the best parents yeah. ever. Very supportive. And, I mean, but I was like, oh, gosh, like, they're going to be so upset that I, like, want to lay all this down after all this time and energy. And, I mean, I remember they were like, okay. it's amazing (laughs) just like sounds good if you feel like the lord wants you to pursue worship ministry and being a worship leader like let's do that praise Um, the lord that was definitely to them yeah that was definitely a moment of me pursuing myself and then the lord intercepting me and helping me into the right path and the right lane of using my gift and that he had given me for him, not for myself. And you're even speaking to, you were already saved. You already believed in Jesus. Mm -hmm. You, you had that heart of flesh in you, but it was really being cultivated, right? (laughs) You're you're speaking to the process a hundred percent. Yeah. How about you? Got any stories? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love your story. I mean, who needs Taylor Swift when you have Taylor Johnson? (laughs) Come on. Some of our friends are going to hear that. And I can already hear the text message coming yeah. in right now. Praise <laughs> no. the Lord. Yeah, thank you to everybody who's encouraged us. I mean, podcasting's weird because you're just putting it out there. And mm-hmm. then you end the recording and you upload it every week. And it's like, okay. So <laughs> thank you gone. to those who comment and share and tag us and text and call and stuff. It's, it's super encouraging and just keeps us going. So we do feel like the Lord has instructed us to do this. So mm-hmm. we're just trying to be faithful. Um, yeah, I, I think my um, story, I've shared some of it on here. And of course, from the pulpit, trying to preach and teach from a place of humility and vulnerability always. Um, I 
I mean, I had a dramatic uh, shift in my life. I know, um, you know, I grew up around the things of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and then really my family fell apart through early teenage years. Uh, middle school and high school were nothing short of miserable. Mm -hmm. um, I was broken. I was hurting. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I uh, used to fantasize about killing myself all the time, just full of hatred, bitterness, anger. Um, and God was so faithful to me through those years. Um, there's a lot of stories I could tell, but man, I, I just encountered God over and over and over, his presence being drawn by him, uh, being around people who knew the truth and who would speak the truth to me. I just felt like I could never get away. Mm. Um, quite honestly, um, some of my uh, brothers that I felt like they did enough drugs and alcohol for me and I looked at their lives and could see they were miserable mm -hmm. and I was like well um, that's not really a good option so mm -hmm. like what is there to life and I just had this deep cry in my soul like why am I here like what is the point mm -hmm. and if you the, if you talk to people the more I really reach into the, the depths of where people actually live and think and feel perhaps you can relate to this if you're listening that like what is the point and why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing and what's actually fulfilling um, the only true answer is that apart from the gospel and a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit um, life is really boring and <laughs> stale and uh, miserable and mm -hmm. it's it's hard and there's a lot of difficulty life is painful because it, it matters and um, I really had this this uh, place within me kind of excavated through a ton of pain and a ton of hurt and um, feeling abandoned and rejected and like I was all on my own. Um, you know, I didn't even have a driver's license until I was almost 19 years old because mm -hmm. uh, we were so poor. There wasn't any point in, you know, driving a car and nobody would take me to the BMV. So um, just... That's a, a, a couple of snapshots, but um, I, I just think about the way I hated myself and people and was just full of so much venom and anger. Um, and it's funny now because I remember we had been married like, I don't know, this was a, a while back. How long were we married? Like four or five years when you were like said to someone else, Paul's never raised his voice at me. Oh, yeah. And I like felt this like, <gasps> like what? Like, I, oh my gosh, I've never yelled at you because I'm like, you have no idea the, the, the foul language, the hatred, just the, the, like, I just felt like I lived in rage, just like up to my neck and like, just, you know, honestly, this, this, this is the part of the darkness of my soul, but like the, you know, I, I hope to, to kill someone or to have an opportunity to set huge things on fire or just, just the like dark places that it's like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, they watch news stories or they see things and like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. I would never do that. And I'm like, I can relate. I mean, I, I just can. And some of you are probably freaked out right now. And some of you are like, yeah, I can relate as well. Praise Although God. I might not put it on a podcast. So. Praise God. That God saved Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you were talking about you would be a horrible person. I'm like, man, I was starting to catch that track. 
for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, stealing to survive and mm-hmm. uh, gambling to survive and just, mm-hmm. you know, all the, the bad seeds that were getting sown into my heart and um, the way that God intercepted me at 16, 17, 18 through that period of years by 19, almost 20, I find myself at Bible college pursuing the call of God, meeting you. Mm-hmm. And um, best thing that ever happened to you. I told you, who, who needs <laughs> who needs Taylor Swift? We got you. And, um, you know, just amazing. I love the way the Lord has brought us together. And um, honestly, Taylor, I, I don't think that I would be who I am today by any stretch of the imagination without you. And I feel like you were a huge instrument of the Lord in my life. I, I believe I had to get married early so that God would um, prevent me or further intercept me, mm-hmm. uh, rescue me out of the world or save me from myself. Um, and um, I'm super grateful to Jesus uh, for you. And um, everybody's going, oh, <laughs> right back at you, babe. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm grateful to the Lord. I, I hope that this has encouraged someone today to um, go after the new heart, a new mm-hmm. spirit. You know, if there are things about you that you don't like, uh, things about you that your spouse doesn't like, or that, you know, like God can change you. Mm-hmm. And we are on the transformation journey through the power of the cross to put to death the old and to bring to life the new. Mm -hmm. And God is not making us a better version of ourselves. He is renewing us into the image of his son, Mm -hmm. Jesus. So we're all becoming like Christ. It's not just bad Paul to good Paul. (laughs) It's bad Paul to Jesus Christ. And that's for all of us. So the journey is really out of self and into Christ likeness. It's out of orphanhood and selfish tendencies and self-absorption and fear and shame and pride. And it's into to the Father's heart and into knowing God and fellowshipping with His Spirit and being transformed by His presence through worship, through the Word of God, through prayer, through relationships that are healthy, through um, all, all the, the gifts of the Spirit and the fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers of Ephesians 4.11 that's been given. I mean, all the avenues, all the great truths that we have in Scripture, you know, there's no freedom without truth. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus said. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Mm -hmm. So embracing the truth of um, who you once were, but then also receiving the grace of God that he's making us new, that he alone, as Taylor said, you can't do this on your own. There's so much self-willing and (laughs) pretending and striving and I've got to change me. And it's like, no, God is gracious. He's faithful. Um, I, I, I would point to one thing in my journey of going from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And it has been lots and lots and lots of tears. Mm. And those tears have been a result of opening up and processing and talking. So I love what uh, my dad, we call him Pops, always says that there's no healing without words. I think there's no transformation. There's no, mm-hmm. like, if you're going to become a new person, if you're going to put away old habits and you're going to, you're going to have to talk, you're mm-hmm. going to have to open up, mm-hmm. you're going to have to confess and not just a one-time thing, but a lifestyle of confession, of repentance, of openness and vulnerability. I, I would point to tears and lots of tears. And it's not like, oh, I cried a lot in the beginning and now not as much. It's like, mm-hmm. I actually, God is always taking me to the place of brokenness and humility 
humility and tears because it just feels like my tears are like watering the dry clay or the hard yes. ground yes. And, and the rain of God comes right out of my eyes and onto my heart mm-hmm. and makes me new and, and, and changes me. Yeah, that's so good. You, you look like you want to cry. <laughs> I mean, tears are powerful and I think yeah. it's a good way to you know, measure where our heart is. I also just wanted to encourage you to ask someone around you that you trust if you are a vulnerable person. That's because good. we are we're so we're so blind to ourselves. Like it just is what it is. Um and I think sometimes we perceive that we're being very vulnerable, but the reality is that we're extremely self protected. Right. So, you know, vulnerability does lead to freedom and yes. does lead to healing and does lead to breaking off shame. But you should ask those around you that you're in community with, that you trust, like, do you view me as a vulnerable person? And don't get mad when they tell you the truth. And if they say like, no, I don't actually feel like you're very, very vulnerable. Ask follow-up questions. Like, how do you think I could be more vulnerable? Like this is a part of growing in the Lord is growing in health emotionally. Right. And how we grow in Christ as we grow together. And God uses people as instruments in our lives to make us like him. That's why we need yes. family and we need community and we need church. Yeah. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, do all the things. All the things. And no, you can't look up the old album for Taylor. It's all been redacted. It's all gone. It's all gone. Uh (laughs) Love you guys. Love y'all. See you next week.